And at no point am I trying to talk you into or help you see better your poor partner who you need to then forgive or make it okay somehow. That is not the purpose of this information. The purpose of the, for this information is that knowledge is power and it may help you make some decisions later down the road. Hey, hey, everybody. I am so excited to speak with you today and um, really talk um, deeply about some really tough topics. Let me make sure we tag this so that everybody can find us. Um, there we go. And um, I really look for, forward to any questions you may have, um, any um, stuck places that you're in right now in regards to what we're going to be talking about. Um, I'm also going to share my screen today and do some um, slides and, and stuff as we talk about this uh, big giant question that is really the first question usually for most of us, <clears throat> just why? Why would you do that? Why would you hurt me like that? And even if you weren't trying to hurt me, why did you continue to hurt me once you knew it hurt me, which is very common, not everyone, but very common. Um, and so that's what we're going to be talking about today. But um, welcome to uh, the Navigating Betrayal webinar, podcast, and YouTube channel. I'm your host, Kaylee Dunn, betrayal navigation coach, betrayal trauma therapist for over a decade, and admin for this free Facebook group, Humans Navigating Betrayal. This is an awake space. It's a place that we come to wake up to betrayal and to stay awake to betrayal. And in awake spaces, it can be kind of messy. It can be kind of triggering. So those who have joined this Facebook group, um, I recommend that you mute the group and engage on your own time and really curate your recovery reading for what you best need. But this is a beautiful place to tell your story, hear other people's stories, and remind yourself that you're not alone, that you make sense, and that there's absolutely hope for growth. Don't forget to check the featured section of this group that is full of lists and lists of resources for across the globe, coaches, therapists, books, podcasts. Uh, I have zero turf wars. I am, I am someone who is providing what I have and what I can. And then I want to share all those other incredible therapists and coaches and books and podcasts and pieces of resources that um, is accessible um, for, for everyone. So stick around because at the end of uh, today's presentation, we will do a live Q&A. That is the beauty of coming live and joining the Facebook group. So if you're listening to this on the podcast or the YouTube channel, the beauty is that you can come here and chat with me and I'll answer your questions right here in the Facebook group. But today we're going to be discussing, again, this big question, why does he do that or she do that? And then what to do when your partner says all the right things, but nothing is changing. So that is a very common experience. Now, if you're brand new to this, you might be like, uh-oh, that sounds scary. But it is a very common experience to have everything come out in the open, to really start learning about what, what betrayals have been going on behind your back, whether that's a physical affair, emotional affair, other forms of uh, virtual infidelity, uh, pornography use, hidden pornography use, um, and then the deception, the lies, and the manipulation that often accompanies um, that type of behavior. And there, it, we know, and we've, we've established in this group that when we're in a relationship with someone who's done that to us, 
it causes long-term emotional effects, psychological harm, emotional harm to us, and sometimes over time, physical harm to our bodies due to the stress um, and trauma that can occur after betrayal and ongoing betrayal. And that it is one of the most difficult things we can experience because it creates an attachment wound, as well as really shifting and harming all the different parts of ourselves, um, the way we see ourselves, the way that we um, socialize with others. Um, it really pulls that rug under reality and causes this existential internal shift. And that that is a normal response to an abnormal situation. And that you're not crazy or broken if you're having a hard time after betrayal, that you make sense. Now, remember that as I talk about any of this stuff, uh, depending on which phase you are in um, your recovery and in your healing, this might fit right into place. It might be the puzzle piece you were looking for. And that goes for anything that I post on socials or, or here in the group and what other people post as well. It might fit like a puzzle piece. And sometimes it might you might go, woo, this isn't for me right now. And I'm always encouraging you to, um, always encouraging you to uh, take what fits and leave the rest. And if it's meant to be at a different phase, it will come back to you. Um, you will remember it later. Um, hey, everybody, I see you pop popping in and saying hi. Uh, you're welcome to, to chat below. Let us know um, where you're coming from. You can just say what city or town you're from um, and uh, if, if you'd like, but but no pressure just to see where you're all from. Uh, I'm going to get going because I know you don't have a lot of time. So let me get my slides up here real quick. Um, why do people betray? And um, I'm going to use the slides. It helps me stay organized. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not all over the place here. Oops, that didn't work. Sorry. I guess I'll just have to do that. Hopefully you can see me. I'll pop back out so I can see you guys in the in the chat box in the Facebook group. But why do people betray? Again, this is such a big question and we're not going to be able to cover, cover the full expanse of it in the next you know, 30 to 40 minutes. Um, but I want to give you a good introduction. And if you want more, um, in addition to the question answer portion, if you want more, just so that you know, um, a colleague of mine who's been doing this work for 25 years plus, uh, brilliant, definitely an expert and master in this field, Jeff Stewart, and I did a podcast on this topic on his podcast, um, uh, which is called Crisis to Connection. So if you have any interest, you can hop on there and it answers just, just a little section of this question. Um, he and I also um, did a presentation during the Love You Now conference in 2023, and that is housed in a library with a subscription fee um, that you can get access to in my link tree, um, or you can go to library.kayleedunn.com, and you can see the, the Love You Now conference. All of that is there, and a lot of other videos as well, and I also have a longer version of this in that library, but he and I kind of talk about this in different ways as well. So those are some other places that you can get information on this topic, but I want to just cover, cover this and give you a, a good foundation. So I did another podcast episode on this on my podcast, Navigating Betrayal, and I kind of covered this, and it was funny because um, I got quite a bit of pushback in some of the social media posts um, related to this because it seems no duh, but it really uh, needs to be said. Why do people betray really boils down to two things, two options. 
But the reality is, is they're really not dichotomous. They're not one way or the other. One is that they want to. And in a lot of ways, this is why everyone betrays, because they want to, at least a part of them, a part of them wants to, right? But on, on one far extreme is, is people who want to betray. They can stop whenever they want. Um, they have full executive function of themselves and full conscious awareness of what they're doing, but they don't want to stop. Um, again, whatever the type of betrayal that is or infidelity that is, they consciously believe that they deserve to do whatever they want without consequence. And we're going to talk about why someone might have that full belief. Sometimes they just are that way. <laughs> Maybe they were raised in a home where that was the norm. They maybe viewed their parents, treat their other parents that way and get away with it, for lack of a better phrase. And there's just this belief that I should be able to do whatever I want in the world. Um, and I should be able to treat anyone however I want and make promises and break those promises. And there should be no consequence. And that's a mindset. And another way you could just say is they're just an a-hole, right? They're just a jerk and they have no, no um, integrity and they have no morality. And there are people like this. And sometimes that's due to mental, some mental illnesses, which we'll talk about, personality disorders we're going to talk about. But sometimes people just are this way. They're raised this way and they believe this way. And there is a far extreme and those people do exist. So at no point as I talk about betrayal, which is a form of violence, I do believe, Am I going to be making any excuses for anyone along the spectrum of betrayal? But I do want to say, and I also don't want to say that those people don't exist, that there's just a-holes that just betray, because there absolutely are. Um, and like I said, across the spectrum, most people have at least some monicum of entitlement um, that just kind of has a part of them, maybe not all of them, but a part of them that says, I deserve this, or I'm entitled to this. Um, or else they wouldn't be breaking those boundaries, right? W without that kind of piece of belief clicked into place. And you may sense this in your partner because for most partners, that's the case to some degree. The degree to which that's the case is different across the board. And there's another component here you should know, which is that regardless of where your partner is on this kind of spectrum I'm describing, betrayal is betrayal. And we're gonna talk about betrayal and the violence that occurs due to betrayal, regardless of the why. So on this other end of the spectrum, there are people who don't want to betray. They ne maybe never wanted to. As soon as they made that commitment, their whole the majority, 99% of their heart wanted to be fidelitous to that commitment. But they're stuck in patterns of behavior that maybe before they made the commitment wasn't technically betrayal, right? Sleeping around with people uh, maybe that doesn't fit your morality, but sleeping around with people while not in a committed relationship isn't technically a betrayal, right? Hooking up, whatever you want to call that. Looking at pornography when you're not in a committed relationship technically isn't a pattern of betrayal. Now, is it possibly doing a lot of harm to that individual? Sure, right? And one of those pieces of harm is these patterns of betrayal. Um and they might be stuck in these cycles. And we're gonna talk about that in a minute, what type of cycles that might be and does that garner any more leniency or not, right? But there are people who do not wanna betray. They didn't wanna betray in the first place. They might've hated these patterns of behavior in their childhood or young adulthood. 
Um, sometimes, uh, again, we'll talk more, but sometimes it's a pattern of trauma, a history of trauma, sometimes introduction to sexual behaviors early on that became these patterns, these cycles of behavior that they didn't want to keep doing, but continued into the relationship. Um, and they want to stop, but they don't know how, or they don't have the skills yet, or they don't have the vision yet of what that would look like and, and how to go about doing that, right? And all of this, as I'm saying, you might be like, yeah, I know, I know, but we're just gonna lay this foundation, okay? So even on this far end of the people who are stuck in this pattern of betrayal, um, there's often still a degree of entitlement. There's often still a degree of desire to do the behavior because it leads to some outcome for them, which we'll talk about in a second. But most people that I've worked with as a clinician, which is a subset of the population, right? The people that I see, the people that therapists see, the people that coaches see are people who at least enough portion of that person wants to change. They don't want to betray anymore, that they're willing to show up in an office with a coach or a therapist. And they're, they're kind of tired of the behavior. They don't want to keep doing it. And so, and that's one portion of society, right? The people that won't even go to therapy, you know, they may still feel stuck, but they don't want to stop. And they're not willing to take that next step and get the support that they need. Um, but in order for people to stop these cycles of patterns of betrayal, they're very often are going to need an interruption in the form of a support, support people. And usually professional, if not always, so professional support people. Um, trying to force yourself out of a pattern of betrayal um, that you've been doing for many, many years is uh, without proper support is very difficult and, and almost unheard of. It's not 100% unheard of, but quite unheard of. Um, and often if they do stop the patterns of betrayal, like maybe it's a porn addiction or a porn habit that they're doing, and they are able to stop that without clinical support through a therapist, they aren't going to learn all the skill sets they're going to need in terms of the entitlement, the integrity struggles, and also just having that vision, the skills and knowledge to navigate different things that uh, that the porn was doing for them, like regulating their nervous system. And there's always, it's just, a, it's just usually a hot mess if you're not doing it without support in it, you know, more than, more than it would be, I guess. So these are some of the reasons, but, but most people are somewhere in the middle. Most people are somewhere in the middle of wanting to stop, but getting the benefits. And it's just easier to keep doing what I've been doing. And yeah, she's upset or they're upset. My partner's hurt. But, but they are kind of numbing out that on their own, no excuses, but then just describing the scenario and the situation. And there's still lack of awareness is there. There's a lack of know-how, there's a lack of skills and it feels mountainous and they don't want to do that. And so they stay in the behavior, right? Um, but those who don't want to enough will get to a place where they're willing to seek out support. And um, we'll talk about where you come in in relation to that. Um, but I do want to identify that there are two types of violence and, and, um, this is still kind of in its theoretical stages. As we talk about these, I want to be really transparent that, um, much of the research, much of what's written, much of what's spoken about in relation to sexual addiction, betrayal, betrayal, trauma, um, all of that is still all in a very young stage. I mean, this stuff has really been talked about maximum 30 years and there's 
uh, wide spread opinions, depending on, um, you know, what school of thought you were trained in and the, the research is fairly split, but I'm going to share with you kind of the theory that, that fits for me and for many of my clients and that hopefully will continue to get garner more and more research and understanding. So there's intimate partner violence. So we need to talk about these types of violence, okay? Um, and, and differentiate them a little bit. So there's intimate partner violence. There's a lots of top types of violence. There's elder abuse, there's child abuse, there's date dating violence, and then there's intimate partner violence. And an intimate partner violence is violence that occurs between partners. Let me check the time, make sure I'm on time here. Violence that occurs between partners that um, live together um, and are usually romantic partners of some kind. And that includes four things. It includes physical violence, which you know is harm to our physical bodies, sexual violence, which is sexual assault, rape, those sorts of things, stalking, and psychological aggression. And stalking is what you'd think, right? Following someone around, harassment, that sort of things. And then there's psychological aggression. And so that can happen for an ex-partner as well. It's still in, um included within intimate partner violence. Psychological aggression is a form of aggression that is used um, to control the mind and emotions of another person or to be aggressive towards the mind of emo or emotions towards another person with the intent to harm the per person mentally or emotionally and or exert control over the partner. This is the exact definition that's um, in World Health Organization, I think, is where I got this. I'll look it up if you want to know. So this is the, that, the definition of psychological aggression. So it's with the intent to harm a partner mentally and emotionally or exert control over the partner. That is what that intention is, okay? Very, very, very often, there are a, there's a Venn diagram of people who betray and intimate partner violence. There's more data coming out just recently about the amount of sexual violence that occurs and sexual coercion that occurs when there's betrayal violence also occurring, when there's betrayal also occurring. So there's, you may be experiencing this, okay? That there is physical sexual stalking or psychological aggression, which is with the intent to harm you mentally or emotionally or to exert control over you. And this can include, I wanna harm them. I wanna make them think they're crazy. Um, and, and I want to harm them, right? And then there is betrayal violence. And again, there's a lot of overlap in people's lived experiences. You may be experiencing both, many will. Betrayal violence is when there's a relationship where there's committed fidelity. There's a committed relationship where we're saying just me and you, it's, you know, we're monogamous and, and we're committed. There's a violation to that fidelity. And then the partner, the betrayer, whatever you want to call them, the person who's betraying uses abusive behaviors or communication with the intent to deceive the partner. So it's still a form of abuse and violence. But the intention is to deceive and, and, and manipulate. Now you might ask, why does this matter? Why is this different? I think it's important for us to just be really specific in our communication and in what we're talking about. And as we define these terms, it may give you a clearer picture of where you land. Oh yeah, my partner, I know, and I can sense that they want to do me harm. They want me under their thumb. They want to control me. It gives them some hit. They get this hit off of it, right? You may sense that I don't think my partner actually wants that 
What they want is for me to not find out about what they're doing. And the reason we're still using this word violence is because we don't want to minimize this, right? That even if the intention is to deceive rather than to harm, their harm is still done, okay? And, um, and it's important, again, for us to, to not also say, well, intimate partner's the bad one, and betrayal violence is like violence light. Like, no, violence is violence, and the trauma that unfolds from that is very similar. We're going to see very similar trauma that unfolds, um, and we do have some data on the betrayal trauma data on what happens when a partner is met with these broken fidelities and then the abusive communication, which is deception, gaslighting, manipulation, blaming, denying, um, even if that intent is to deceive. Okay. Hopefully what, what you're hearing is that betrayal equals harm and that the intent can matter, especially if you're trying to work this out and see if there's some possibilities for the relationship to continue. Intent matters to a degree, but intent doesn't take away the effects of, of the actions that are done. Okay. So now with that said, I'm going to pause because I want to check and see if we have any questions uh, or just make sure you guys are hearing me and you're with me. Um, but then I'm going to move forward into talking about, okay, so why? So I'm going to outline a few things. Oh, let's go back so you can see what I'm talking about. I'm going to outline a few things that can keep people stuck in these patterns of betrayal, even when most of them doesn't want to anymore. But what I don't want you to hear is that, um, oh, they're stuck, too bad, and that's an excuse. And I also don't want you to hear, oh, it's just betrayal violence, so I shouldn't feel so bad. Um, what I want you to hear is, this is betrayal violence. This is a form of harm that's been done to you, and that's not okay. Your partner may be stuck, and there may be ways out, but that doesn't mean you have to do anything. Once the viol the fidelity has been violated, or at any time, honestly, you have the opportunity or option to make whatever choices that you need to make in that relationship. And at no point am I trying to talk you into or help you see better your poor partner who you need to then forgive or make it okay somehow. That is not the purpose of this information. The purpose of the for this information is that knowledge is power, and it may help you make some decisions later down the road. So